Yow and wow, 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 wow. Oh, welcome to, welcome to Wildcats Everywhere, Wildcats Everywhere, Wildcats Everywhere, Wildcats in my house, Wildcats with my mouse, Wildcats in my pants, Wildcats at the dance. Oh, yes, welcome to Wildcats Everywhere, a special Patreon series for all of those of you who give $3 or more a month. Thank you very much for your generosity. This series is just for you. Yes, just for you. It's a it's a very, it's a deep dive is what it is. Get on your jams. Get on your swim jams because we're going to be doing a deep dive into Disney's mega franchise, the mega franchise known as High School Musical. This episode, this first episode is going to be dedicated solely to the film High School Musical released released upon the world in 2006. Yes, and we are going to, of course, we're going to be covering all of the films. We're going to be covering spin-offs, sidequels, prequels, midquels, anything and everything, baby. That's true. But today, let's just start at the beginning. It's the best place to start. The film High School Musical 2006, of course, of course, of course. Directed by who? Kenny Ortega, the master, the band master. He's got the baton and he's leading us ever forward. Kenny, you did it. The film was written by Peter Barsogini. Hey, can I get a bowl of the Barsogini? Oh, hey, hey. Oh, I'm kind of... Uh, <laughs> I am with Benny today. Benny is helping me with this series. And as Benny can attest, I'm a little nervous, I guess, going into this new series. There's a lot of, you know, there's a lot of pressure here. Brand new series. You want to come out of the gate swinging. And I guess I'm a little punchy, a little little jumpy, a little punchy. So, Kenny, Peter, I apologize. I want to give this the seriousness it deserves. This is a franchise that is beloved by millions of people the world over, and I'm going to give it the respect it deserves. So, High School Musical, show me the movie facts. So we have the director, we have the writer, let's talk about the cast, let's just get some basic credits here. We have Zac Efron as Troy Bolton, ooey, ooey, ooey gooey, soy, such a tiger beat tiny teener bop. Yes, that's true. Now, here's a bit of trivia you may not have known, although if you watch the film now, it's pretty obvious. Zac Efron provided almost none of his vocals in the original High School Musical. The majority of his vocals were actually provided by a gentleman known as Drew Seeley. Zac Efron did sing, I think, like one to five lines throughout the entirety of the film, but for the most part, it's Drew Seeley. Let's continue on with that cast, shall we? Vanessa Hutchins as Gabriela Montez, credited actually in the film as Vanessa Ann Hutchins. She got rid of that Ann. Ashley Tisdale as Sharpay Evans. Lucas Gabriel Grabiel, Grabiel as Ryan Evans. Corbin Blue as Chad Danforth, Monique Coleman as Taylor McKessie, Bart Johnson as Coach Jack Bolton, Leslie Wing as Mrs. Bolton, God forbid we give her character a first name or, you know, a second scene. She vanishes after her one scene. We have Allison Reed as Miss Darbus, Chris Warren as Zeke Baylor, Olesa Rulin as Kelsey Nielsen, Rin Sanborn as Jason Cross, and Socorro Herrera as Mrs. Montez. And Socorro Herrera, I do apologize. I apologize to anyone, as always, if I mispronounced, I should say, any of your last names. So please forgive me. I do sincerely apologize. I want to throw some... Uh, additional trivia at you. I'm pulling this from IMDb. That's true. Now, High School Musical 
was originally conceived as a second sequel to Greece. It would have it would have served as Greece 3 for all intents and purposes, and it would have starred Justin Timberlake and Britney Spears as the children of Danny, John Travolta, and Sandy, Olivia Newton-John. So I guess in this in this premise, we're supposed to believe that they did not actually wind up together. They had children with separate spouses, and then maybe those children come together and they experience the real long-lasting love that Danny and Sandy could not achieve. <laughs> How awkward. Sharpay, the, the character of Sharpay from High School Musical, was originally conceived as the daughter of Betty Rizzo, a role that was offered to Christina Aguilera. She declined. <laughs> Probably for the best. The project, known as Grease 3, was shelved during rewrites, and the producers ultimately chose to turn it into an original piece. Well, we say original. What is original these days? But for legal purposes, it's original at least. Here are a couple of direct quotes from IMDb. Quote, The falling snow in the New Year's scenes was potato flakes. <laughs> <laughs> oh, good. Gross, uh, but also good. And then finally, we have, quote, this is a direct quote, a duet between Coach Bolton and Mrs. Miss, Miss, Miss Darbus, I should say, was planned but never filmed. I say to that, good, because I, I cannot even begin to imagine. This film is already bordering on nigh two hours in length. I think we, we don't really have room for a song between the adults. No one wants to hear Coach Bolton and Miss Darbus sing at each other. What are they going to sing? Is it going to be a sort of tete-a-tete tango tarantella? Ooh, Miss Darbus, you infuriate me. Ooh, Coach Bolton, you infuriate me. It's like the waltz between Avita and Che and Avita is what I is what I fucking think of it. <laughs> now, in general, what was my experience like sitting down with High School Musical? I sat down to watch it on Disney+, Plus. We're, uh, we're officially a Disney Plus household at this point, and I watched it once, and I, I didn't take notes. I didn't take notes. I just let it sort of wash over me, and it was a pleasant bath, is what it was. I took a real, I took a real hot bath with High School Musical, and it was not an unpleasant experience. Uh, this was not my first time, of course, seeing High School Musical. I saw it when I was in college, I believe, in around around the time that it would have been originally released. And th so I watched it uh, this past week, and then the very next day I watched it again, a second time, if you can believe it, so that I could take down the notes that I will be reading to you today. And yeah, it was a very pleasant experience. I thought that it was going to be a lot more awkward. I thought the performances were going to be a lot more stiff than they were. I actually found that a lot of the performances were quite charming. And I overall, had a good time. I had a good time. Now, I do have, as I said, a series of of official notes. These are the notes I took down during my second viewing of High School Musical. I have how many points here? Let's see, Benny. Let me just go through. I have 62 points that I wrote down, so I'm going to move through these real fast. Yeah, that's it, real fast. Point number one. The New Year's Eve kids' party that Gabriella and Troy attend probably has a lot to offer in the way of pungent smells. Yes, this is where we are starting, in case you were wondering. Here are some of the scents I believe you could expect to encounter at said New Year's Eve kids' party. Funyuns, Band-Aids, Axe Body Spray Unlimited, which, as we all know, was introduced to the market in 2005 to capitalize on the success of Crouching Tiger, Hidden Dragon. Uh, let's see, Purell Hand Sanitizer, Feet, Cherry Coke Mixed with Puke, Wet Dog, even though there are no dogs to be found at the party. 
Cured salami. Oh, chlorine. End of list. Fashion alert. Mrs. Bolton's party dress makes her look like a Celtic mermaid. Oh, I should say, I assume you've watched the movie before listening to me talk. Because these notes are going to get pretty context-dependent, uh, is what I'm trying to uh, tell you right now. I would suggest watching the film beforehand. So that was our first fashion alert. We have more than a few here coming up. Fashion alert! E-er, e-er. Troy's party shirt features a pattern only a nana could love. I suppose now is as good a time as any to talk about Zac Efron's hair in this movie. It is part mullet. Part flock of seagulls, it is a feathered, all-encompassing chestnut helmet that protects his ears from the elements. His ears were very sensitive back then, as I'm sure we all understood. We all read the expose on his ears, and that's why his hair had to be so long. He could not... The potato flakes! Can you imagine what his ears... Oh, the pain that his ears would have experienced they'd come in contact with those potato flakes is what I'm saying. Fashion alert. Ryan's leather milk white slash chocolate brown moo cow hat. It also has a sort of golf ball dimple effect on that hat there. That hat could probably withstand the impact of a bullet, right? Sure. Miss Darbus, the drama teacher, is a mood. She is everything. She dresses like Meryl Streep if Meryl Streep shopped for jewelry exclusively at Native American Air gift shops, and was secretly a Republican. I suppose that counts as a fashion alert. She goes out of her way, Miss Darbus. I mean, she goes out of her way to pronounce musical as a musical, which is infuriating and legendary, and has arranged her classroom so everyone can see her sitting in what is, for all intents and purposes, a throne on a stage under the traditional masks of comedy and drama and next to a skull that rests on an end table. Mood. Icon. Queen. K-W-E-E-N. Queen. My theory is Jason. Jason, the character of Jason. You remember. Of course, there's Chad. There's Zeke. These are all Troy's friends. We have Troy. He's the alpha. He's the leader of the pack. Head of the basketball team. I mean, come on. We know the plot, right? We have to go through the plot. Troy, a basketball player. Troy is basketball player. He wants to be singer, but it's embarrassing because singing is gay. And his friends are like, dude, show music is gay. But he sing anyway, and so does Gabriella, the girl that he like, even though she math. She big math, and everyone who is also math is like, singing is gay. Math is not gay. Math is like staunchly heterosexual. And no such thing as a gay mathematician. Come, Gabriella, be math with us. And she goes, no, I will be math and singing. And Troy says, no, I will be basketball and singing. And so they are, and shall, and will forever be. The end. Oh, but there's also Sharpay and Ryan. They are the villains. They try to get in the way of everything. They want Troy to just be basketball. They want Gabriella to be just math. But no, you cannot pin these beautiful pigeons down. These beautiful pigeons are going to fly. Fly! They're going to break free, I do say. <laughs> Song reference. So that's the plot. I do apologize if you're not familiar with it. But better again, you should be watching the movie. You should be following along, dum-dums. There's a character named Jason, who I don't believe survives into High School Musical 2. I believe Jason is wiped off the face of High School Musical's Earth. I have a theory regarding Jason. Are you listening? My theory is Jason set up a small meth lab after high school and died under mysterious circumstances shortly thereafter, probably in a basement somewhere. That's why he's not in High School Musical 
too. That's just my theory. He dropped out of high school, I should say. So after this movie comes to an end, he drops out of high school. He's ashamed of himself for whatever reason. We'll never know. And then he just dies in a basement after, you know, setting up a small meth lab. The end. That's my theory. Why are you still looking at me like this? Is homeroom supposed to last precisely 90 seconds? Uh, these children sit down, are immediately given detention by Miss Darvis, iconic legend queen, and are then out the door. Less than 90 seconds. Is that is that how long a homeroom period lasted? I don't know. I remember lasting longer back in my day, but you never know. Gabriella saying nice penmanship to Sharpay is iconic. It's devastating. Sharpay wishes. She wishes she had the sort of razor sharp blade in her toolbox that she could hold up against someone's neck. Gabriella saying nice penmanship, the way her eyebrows raise. You are, you own everything, Gabriella. Miss Darbus, get out of the way, at least for the moment. Gabriella is queen in this moment. I enjoy how math in High School Musical is like a, a kind of unknowable subject. It's completely unknowable. Gabriella just points at math and is like, that math is inaccurate. And the teacher is like, wow, you're right. And all of the students are like, do you know math? And she's like, yeah, I do know math. The third search result, Sharpay nets when looking into Gabriella's background. She hops on a fucking 2006 computer and searches for Gabriella Montez in a very generic search engine. The third result that she nets is about a zoo chimp named Gabriella. Uh, what's that chimp story? A spinoff? I'm interested in the chimp story. Chimp chimp. Uh, also, kind of seems like a racist thing to put in. Just right there at the bottom of the screen. Gabriella the chimp? Nah, it seems a little fucked up. I'm just saying. I just want to quote Miss Darbus here walking around detention. Gold! More gold! Paint! 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 Icon. There's a teenager walking around detention in the drama department area, the, the theater, the auditorium, I should say. There is a teenager walking around in a highly elaborate camel costume. He is also an icon, and it may seem like I'm really kind of throwing out icon statuses to everyone willy-nilly. No, I think about these things seriously. I take these things seriously. Camel boy, you are an icon. There. Taylor's rolling suitcase is crazy. Taylor is also math. She is math, and she has rolling suitcase. That is crazy. It was crazy in 2006, and it's just as crazy in 2019, I do say. I assume Troy's mother is rolling in dough, considering his father is a basketball coach at a public high school, and they live in what appears to be the largest home in America. Fashion alert. Chad's I Come With My Own Background Music t-shirt. He's wearing a t-shirt that bears a cassette, and above the cassette it says, I come with my own background music. That was your latest fashion alert. Theory, the shop teacher Troy runs into has killed three students over the course of 20 years. He is the Jinx of East High. I say that having not seen an episode of the Jinx. Let's talk about the audition montage. These are all the kids that are auditioning for the Winter Musical, as Miss Darbus would put it, icon. From that montage, we have the girl who winks at Miss Darbus. A lot of winking. I think she winks twice at Miss Darbus while hiding her entire body behind Kelsey's piano. She will not break eye contact with this older woman, and I do not understand what is this girl willing to give up. <laughs> It seems like she's willing to give up anything for a part in the Winter Musical. She is going to give herself to Miss Darbus, and it is going to be a nightmare. Also from this montage, we have the 33-year-old ballet dancer who does not sing. He simply uh, does a bit of ballet, and it would seem that he's not bad at it. The problem is that he is 33, and he is the, uh, let's say, 
I don't know, home economics teacher. Let's say home economics. And he jumps off stage. He, he flies off stage and crashes into a pile of garbage. And we're supposed to think that's funny. <laughs> that's what counts as comedy in High School Musical. They really did save the best for last because I cannot get enough of the miniature Avril Lavigne and her stoner pal. I mean, they're both, I guess, supposed to be stoner stereotypes, but they're doing like spoken word poetry and animalistic dance choreography. It's all very like lava lamp slow. <laughs> it's about, they're going at the speed of a lava lamp and I find it to be insane and wonderful. Everyone is like, huh, what is this? And I'm like, Fucking cast these kids immediately. They have talent. They have instincts. They're making strong choices. Are you fucking kidding me? Bring them into the fold. You need that creativity. It's raw. Fashion alert. Ryan's lime green rhinestone sponge hat makes his sexuality indisputable that it was never confirmed over the course of three films is a travesty. It spits in the face of the very concept of truth. Theory, Ryan has done coke once. Vocal warm-up. This is just a vocal warm-up that I want us all to try when we're, you know, when we need to really warm up those muscles. Sharpay's wig. Sharpay's wig. Sharpay's wig. Theory, Miss Darbus has an enormous conch shell in her living room. It's fucking big. It's the color of a dreamsicle pop, but it's fucking big. Like, uh, let's say, uh, it's about the size of an easy bake oven. That's how, bad, that's, how, that's how big it is. That's how big it is. Freeze frame. Can we talk about the callback list? Troy, Gabriella, Ryan, and Sharpay are competing for the roles of Arnold and Minnie. Many. This is a show that was originally, this is an original piece by student Kelsey, student composer and writer Kelsey. I want to know about Arnold. I really want to know about Minnie. What's Minnie's deal? We never know anything about the story of this show, by the way. And then just underneath that info on the callback sheet, there is a reference to the incredible Mr. Skane. Shane? It's spelled S-C-H-A-I-N. Skane? Shane? What exactly is this musical, which we learn later on is officially known as Twinkle Town? That's Twinkle Space Town with an E at the end. How does the incredible Mr. Skane factor into that plot? Ryan really wants to meet Ashton Kutcher. I wrote that down. What I love about the stick to the status quo number is how whenever anyone is willing to reveal their personal truth, their friends are like, yes, yes, please tell us your truth. We are here for you. And this is a judgment-free zone. Then when the truth comes out, these, these same kids are like, fuck you and your truth. You're a disaster and we shun you like the leper that you are. It's maybe the most realistically high school element of this plot. Teenagers are sociopaths. Not all teenagers, Jonathan. I don't know about that. <laughs> Bring me some evidence. Fun game. Scream musical at the screen whenever someone says musical. You know the rules of the game now. Play the game. Why is Coach Bolton's office located deep within the bowels of East High's locker room and shower area? Is that standard? Because it reads as disgusting. Oh my god. Oh, I'm just gonna go to my office. Let me walk past all of these nude child bodies. Ugh, that fucking reek. Oh, my office reeks all the time. Why? Because it's smack dab in the middle of the fucking concrete warehouse that is the shower area and a locker room area. Ay, ay, ay. Efron's delivery of the following line really kills me. So the line is, your son's the basketball guy. You must be so proud. But he says it like this. Your son's the basketball guy. You must be so... 
proud. His eyes are so haunted on the word proud. What has Troy seen? What has he been forced to do? He's like a nom vet. The rehearsal montage is set to a Danny Elfman child choir. So yeah, that's chilling. Sharpay kicking in a bathroom stall. Oh my God. This is maybe the funniest part of the whole movie. Sharpay kicking in a bathroom stall door while shouting, ha! I thought she said hi-ya, as in Miss Piggy, and it would make sense. She's in Miss Piggy Pink for most of the film. But she just goes, ha! <laughs> it's a really sharp kick to the stall door. It's quite funny to me. <laughs> Gabrielle and Kelsey, they should have dated, right? Just saying, they look cute together during the rehearsal montage. They look like they're cozying up for some kisses. When Gabriella offers to shake hands with Coach Bolton, this is the first time either of them have ever met. He does not respond. He does not give her his hand. He don't shake hands. I don't know if Coach Bolton is the type of guy that don't shake hands, but it comes off as really bizarre, and I wind up thinking he's racist. Like, a child is trying to shake your hand. Shake the kid's hand, you fucking maniac, you monster. If you don't shake hands, explain it. Explain yourself. The child will understand. Child's in high school. But if you just offer nothing, no explanation, you're a monster. This is... This is someone your your son clearly likes. They are clearly at, at at the very least friends. Offer your hand something, an explanation. Fashion alert, er, er, Chad's Worship We t-shirt. So apparently Corbin Blue, who I find to be very charming and talented in this film, Corbin Blue chose all of the phrases that appear on his various t-shirts. While we're on the subject, you know what I think about Corbin Blue? I know I already said this, but I'm just going to say this again because it's in my notes. He's probably the best actor out of the whole bunch. I find him to be very funny and charming. He's done Broadway and makes sense. I have absolutely no memory of the scene in which Chad tells Troy about his mother's Michael Crawford obsession. In summary, TLDR, she saw, Chad's mother saw, The Phantom of the Opera 27 times and kept a photo of Michael Crawford in their fridge, not on it, in it, as we emphasize, in the fridge as a way to maintain her diet? This is an amazing story, and I wish that we could learn more. Every salient detail I wish I could have at my disposal. I like the idea that Chad's mom would open up, open up the fridge late at night, hankering, hangry, but she would open up the fridge, and Michael Crawford would be staring at her, and it, it was like he was there saying to her, no, 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 do not eat the chocolate cake, my dear. Do not eat the ice cream, my dear. No, 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 you must be trim for me, Michael. Crawford because one day I will sweep you off your feet and I will take you away from your husband and your stupid son and together we will be lovers and she thinks to herself yes yes that will that may will that may will it will happen yes and so I must not eat the chocolate cake thank you Michael Crawford a quick reminder that Eddie's million dollar cook-off was the first Disney Channel original movie to feature a straight boy who plays a sport and is terrified by his other interest, which is deemed feminine, and thus they never say it, but we know what they're saying, gay, by all of his classmates. And he has to overcome the pressures of staunch toxic masculinity, the pressures of staunch heteronormativity, and Eddie, Eddie specifically, has to learn how to cook because he loved to cook, just like Zeke! Just like Zeke in High School Musical, it all comes together. I like to think it's all part of the same universe. Fashion alert, er, er, Chad's easy 
easily distracted t-shirt in this very same scene. He's wearing three watches. Apparently, Corbin Blue was given the option of wearing one of three watches, and he said, hey, why not wear all three? And so they let him. Now, in this scene in which uh, Chad is wearing the easily distracted t-shirt, Taylor says to Chad, look, we're not Troy's angels, all right? Reference to Charlie's angels. She says, we're not Troy's angels, all right? And Chad says, I can dream, can't I? That's nice. Chad is in love with Troy. It's nice. He's canonically bisexual. And he is in love with Troy. It's, it's very nice. It cracks me up how no one thought to set up the webcam. Okay, this is the scene in which Troy is filmed via a webcam. But in secret? Even though it's happening right in front of his face? It cracks me up how no one thought to set up the webcam before Troy walked into the locker room. How does he not notice them aiming that webcam right at his face? It appears. They lift it. They bring it into his field of vision. Also, who is the tech whiz on the basketball team? Maybe his loyalty to the team should be questioned. Are you playing with that fucking webcam again? Atticus, get your head in the game, dum-dum. One of the decathlon kids is serving major gay boy eyebrow in the scene where Gabriella's spirit is casually broken by her friends. The eyebrows on this boy say everything. Look at your life, Gabriella. Look at your choices. Who do you think you were? We are here to tell you who you are, witch. The eyebrows say a lot. During When There Was Me and You, Gabriella leans against an enormous poster of Troy and his expression would seem to convey the phrase or the thought, enchiladas sound okay. I genuinely like how the overall message of this movie, this is a genuine thought, real sentiment here, I like how the overall message of the movie is, don't be an asshole, be nice. If your friends want to do X, fucking support them. Don't be little fucking assholes. Fashion alert, ear, ear. Chad's laughing on the inside shirt, easily the weirdest of all of his shirts. Uh, every word in that phrase gets smaller and smaller and smaller. The word inside is barely perceptible. Could barely figure out what that fucking shirt was saying. What is Zeke handing to Troy during their rooftop scene? It would appear that Zeke is handing uh, over some bagels slathered in potato salad. I baked these fresh this morning. I don't think so. They look disgusting, Zeke. At one point, Taylor says, what you think about us, and more importantly, Troy, that's all that matters, Gabriella. That's what she's saying. The only thing that matters is what you think about us, your friends, and more importantly, the boy that you like. I would argue that what Gabriella thinks about herself is really all that matters. That's the foundation, but nice try, kids. You're, you're, you're really trying. I, I mean that. You'll get there. Oh, I love there's another point in another, in another fucking montage where Gabrielle is basically just saying, by doing the math this way, you get good math. See? And everyone around her goes, oh, we do see. Good math. Fashion alert. Er, er. Ryan's green and gray hat, which is basically what a tennis ball would look like if you turned it into, you know, a hat. A Pinocchio story in which a tennis ball longs to become a real hat and gets its wish. All it takes for Sharpay and Ryan to reschedule the callbacks is to say it would be what's best for the theater program, which is such a flimsy justification, and Miss Darbus buys it so quickly that I assume Miss Darbus is also trying to sabotage Troy and Gabriella's chances. Silently agreeing to help children destroy the lives of other children. Iconic. We stand. At this point, we see the callback list again, and at the bottom of it, we never saw this chunk of the callback list until this very moment. At the bottom of the callback list, there is a reference to the character Johnny Omni. Johnny 
Omni? That's O-M-N-I. Omni. Tell me more. Tell me more. Like, does he have a car? Ryan pretending he can't read so he can look at boys a little longer. Iconic moment. If you haven't seen the film, fuck you. <laughs> Watch the fucking film and you'll know what I'm talking about. He pretends he can't read so he can stare at basketball boys. I can fucking relate to that. Efron being shirtless. Okay, this is not something I approve of. Efron being shirtless in the final scene with his father is an interesting choice, isn't it? Interesting. Maybe put a shirt on this kid, this child. Put a shirt on this kid. I think it's a little early to be sexualizing Zac Efron in this way. Put on a fucking shirt. Oh my God, fashion alert. Ryan's New York shirt. It's just a shirt that says New York on it. And there are some glittering rhinestone stars. He dreams of New York. Also, he and Sharpay, of course, they have their own dressing room. I believe there's a street sign that says Sunset Boulevard hanging on the wall. They just have permanent residency in this dressing room. Who fucking inherited that room when they graduated? God help us all. God help us all. Is Bob to the Top a number from Twinkletown that was given to Ryan and Sharpay? Or are they bringing their own material to the table? That's a question I have. Before you answer that question, consider this. This. If Sondheim is so great, why didn't he write the lyric, zip, zap, zap, pop like a mop? The man judging the decathlon is sporting a mustache that gives me real Hitler vibes. Taylor's tech process. Okay, so Taylor hacks the mainframe of East High, and the way that she does this is quite fascinating to me because I don't think anyone, I don't think anyone had even fucking looked at a computer, touched a computer. I don't think they've even heard of computers before this moment because we see her laptop, so she's hacking into the, the fucking mainframe of this high school. She clicks on a button that says send code, and that causes the message sending Wi-Fi signal to appear in the bottom left corner of the screen, and there's like a status bar to tell you how much of the Wi-Fi signal has been sent? We then see the phrase message transmitted. Message transmitted? I thought we were sending a Wi-Fi signal. Oh, wait a minute, I thought we were sending a code. What are we doing here? And then the film cuts to a shot of a router before the entire gymnasium experiences a total day after tomorrow blackout. And I swear to God, this is post 9-11. This is post Columbine. If you know, I hope no one thought that they could fucking get away with that after watching High School Musical, cause you are going to jail. No, 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 children. Miss Darbus flinging her clipboard. She flings her clipboard at a wall at one point so that her wrists are free to go limp. Limp, limp, limp. Your legends could never. Fuck your legends. The way Zac Efron pulls Hudgens toward him moments after the Wildcat victory is extremely sexual for a movie that does not depict any actual kissing. The way he grabs her, he's like, come here, you minx. I gotcha. I got you in my snare. Ryan takes Zeke's cookies after Sharpay rejects Zeke's cookies. Ryan takes his cookies and uh, yeah, I actually remember, I swear to God that I had this sort of Nelson Mandela effect, Bernstein, Bernstein bear thing going on in my head where I remembered this moment between Zeke and Ryan going thusly. I remember Zeke holding the cookies, offering them to Sharpay, and she turns him down flat. And I remember this. I remember Ryan saying to Zeke, I like cookies, and then Zeke running away from him, out of camera frame, out of the fucking periphery. And I just remember thinking, that's so homophobic. And for years and years, I would think, that moment's so crazy. I can't believe they included that. 
That doesn't happen. <laughs> Ryan takes the cookies after Sharpay walks away, and he says to Zeke, nice game. And then Zeke says, thanks, and then he jogs off. Basketball jogs off. That's it. I don't know why I had to make the film more interesting. I mean, it's not Citizen Kane to begin with. I guess I really, I really wanted some meaty arc for Ryan. I wanted him to be like, turned down. Okay, so in the final moments of the film, Jason, the character that will not survive High School Musical, he will not survive the summer at all. He's gonna die over the summer, as we all recall. So Jason removes Kelsey's bowler hat. Kelsey, if you'll recall, is the, the, the writer of the musical. She's wearing a bowler hat. He takes the bowler hat from her head, flings it so that her hair can just sort of fall and billow like a fucking waterfall, and this allows her to sink a basket. Jason, you know, helps her, but she sinks that basket because now she's an, she's an appropriately attractive girl. She's wearing clothes that are appropriate. Stop wearing those frumpy, baggy clothes. Who the fuck are you, Janine Garofalo in 1993? Come on, get sexy, Kelsey. Take that bowler hat off, you maniac. What you are is a minx. A minx, wow! Miss Darbus dances with the Wildcats mascot, blazing a trail for the next generation of furries. Again, your legends can never, your legends barf in the face of Miss Darbus. They barf is what they do. And my final note, number 62, one of the production company logos is for an entity known as Salty Pictures. Salty Pictures, fucking gross. Get that logo out of my face, Salty Pictures. Jesus Christ. I do want to rank the songs. I want to rank the songs. That's true. Uh, now, let's see. What, number one. Number one. Well, let's start in number nine. Let's go all the way to the bottom. Number nine. Get your head in the game. Blech. Number eight. Breaking free. And number seven. Start of something new. Number six. What I've been looking for. Number five. The dramatic reprise of what I've been looking for. Number four. Stick to the status quo. Number three. Bop to the top. Number two. We're all in this together. And number one. When there was me and you. I can't get enough of that song. I've been singing it ever since I watched the film twice in two days. And now I, I do have a special segment that we're going to be including every week. We have a really special guest here and I'm, he's been waiting very patiently. I'm going to hand this over to him, throw the ball into his court if you will. And so this is, uh, I just, I'm going to let you introduce yourself. Introduce yourself. Hey, hello, hello. Yes, it's me, Ryan Evans. Yes, from High School Musical. Duh, I'm in my 30s now and I'm here to just, I'm, I don't want to derail the podcast. I I don't have any crazy stories. Jonathan, that joke was very funny about me doing coke, but I have never done coke. I'm a very professional performer. Yas, yas, queen. And I just want to say this. I'm really here to plug my new project. That's great that you're looking back on my past experiences, but I look towards the future. And I'm creating a podcast. I'm creating a podcast. It's all about my wonderful sister, Sharpay. It's called Sharpay is Missing. Where is she? And it's a mystery podcast. My sister, Sharpay, has been missing for a year and a half. I have done everything I have thought to do to find her. I think she has been kidnapped. I think she has been taken. Uh, Liam Neeson, old school, that old movie, Taken. And I want to find out what happened to her. So we're going to be having all of our special guests on. We're going to be interviewing policemen, detectives, Troy. I'm going to get Troy on the show. And oh my God, I Jonathan, you were joking, but that is what happened to Jason. Now I could do a story about Jason. Maybe that season two 
two of Sharpay is missing, where is she? I don't know. Maybe that's season two. I don't know, this, the mysterious death of Jason. But for now, we have to find Sharpay. So please, hashtag Sharpay is missing, where is she? I don't know, where is she? Listen on Apple, Stitcher. Um, we're going to be on Oblique, which is a new, uh, it's a new streaming service. Oblique, it's going to be fantastic. It's it's the only piece of programming on the, on the entire network. So please, listen and help me find my sister. Okay, that's Ryan's Corner, everybody. Okay, thanks. And I just want you to know that this hat is made out of snakeskin. Yes! Snakeskin hat. Yes! Listen to my podcast. Thank you very much, Ryan. Coming up in two weeks, this is going to be a bi-weekly podcast, I should say. So, coming up on December 4th will be our second episode of Wildcats Everywhere, for which we will be discussing not High School Musical 2. No, 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 no. No, 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 my friends. We are going to be watching and discussing High School Musical, the concert, Extreme Access Pass. From 2007. Again, the name of the film, for those who would like to watch it beforehand, is High School Musical The Concert Extreme Access Pass. P.S. At some point, I will try to include audio from the production of High School Musical I was cast in while I was still in college, for which I played the role of Ryan Evans. I hope that I did. <laughs> you just heard him. The real thing. The real thing? Are you not making a big deal out of this? Because I'm trying to. We have the real Ryan Evans. He's going to be here every fucking week plugging his projects. Come on. So yeah, we're going to have audio at some point from that production I did. It turns out it's real hard to rip audio from a DVD in 2019. Not a lot of websites are really working with me, so I, am, I might have to take extreme measures to get that audio to you, but I'm sure that it would be a hoot and a holler for you to hear that, so I cannot let my fans down. That has been the first episode of Wildcats Everywhere. I will see you again on December 4th, and again, thank you from the bottom of my heart. Benny thanks you. Patty thanks you. I thank you. Thank you for donating each and every month. I hope that this exclusive content is, is something that entertains you. I wanted to give the $3 tier its own special series, and I hope that you continue to love this. We're going to be doing everything. High School Musical, the, the concert Extreme Access Pass, High School Musical 2 and 3, Senior Year. We're going to be doing Disney's High School Musical China, which was released in 2010. We're going to be doing Sharpay's Fabulous Adventure, and uh, which was released in 2011. And then we're going to round out the entire series with an episode-by-episode episode deconstruction of High School Musical, the musical, the series, which is, of course, the original series that debuted with the debut of Disney+. Plus. So please join us for all of that. And thank you again. We will, we will see you on the 4th. May the 4th be with you. This is a Star Wars podcast now. Here, here. We're all-